Hello, everybody. This is Bill from the Sit Rep Podcast. We are back with the next episode of the show. And today, we're going to be talking about the topic of gaming and the madness of today's world. What do you do? What you don't do? Is it a diversion for you or does it make you just think about world events? So it's kind of a heavy topic, but we'll put our spin on it. And among that, we'll have news with Marty and other items. So get ready in three, two, one. Make no six legal thrust. Put on Saiwara. Make it loud. And the Romeo Fox God, Shall we dance? You are listening to the Citrep Podcast. Your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. Hello, everybody. This is Bill, SitRep6, and we are back with the next episode of the podcast. And we've got the full crew around the table and across the world. So sitting at the table with me is Mr. Chris. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Martin. Good morning. How are you doing? And in the land of the interweb, the wide, wide world of craziness, is our historical guru, Mr. Big Jim Ruskini. How are you, sir? Good morning, everybody. I'm not doing too bad. Awesome. So we've got a big full show for you today. Uh, we're going to, of course, hit the news and updates. And uh, we're going to kind of talk about us. Could be a, a heavy topic of, you know, what do you do when the world has gone to hell in a handbasket, right? When it comes to gaming, do you right. use it as a diversion? Do you like, oh, maybe I shouldn't or, you know, so we'll talk about the ins and outs, the pros and cons and a little bit of other things. So let's get right into it. So, Chris, what yes. you been up to, my friend? Well, I've been moving and I was doing a little painting. Yeah. Yep. Of miniatures. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Very little painting, but. Wait a minute. What? You? Yes, me. <laughs> I am impressed, sir. What oh, you been you painting? Seen them? Um, yeah, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> again, paint on brush on miniature. One step at a time. One, it's not a competition. It, it, you know, it, you put paint on miniatures if it if you enjoy doing it and it makes your stuff look good. Who cares? We don't judge skill level here. So it, you know, you're, it's not like you're enjoying a, 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 the golden demon or the crystal brush or any of those. So, what'd you paint? Uh, working on painting orcs. Yeah. Orcs. 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 Okay. All right. Wait, for 40K? No. for uh, Oh, for Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yes. Uh, all right. Very cool. Literally prepping the battlefield. Nice. All right. Anything else there? Just moving. Okay. That's a lot. It is. Martin? So uh, I've been uh, doing a little bit of painting on my... Uh, Savage Frontier. Uh -huh. Nice. How's so, it going? Uh, it's come along. So I had to do some research because it turns out I don't really know what those guys are supposed to look like. So what well, uh, you'll find is it was like blanket uh, coats and jackets. And, you know, so it was there was all kinds of colors. It wasn't camouflaged or, you know, like made to look, you know, blend in like deer skin or something. So. Right. So, the you know, I mean, uh, you know, some of the guys have like uh, like some uh, like deer skin leggings or boots or whatever. But, yeah, most of this stuff is. Uh, there's grays and greens and blues and reds and whatnot. There's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of different colors in there. So I got the uh, 
uh, Roberts Rangers set one done. Uh, they're not based yet, but I mean, the painting is done. So, you know, pretty, pretty happy with the way those little dudes are turning out. You know, pretty excited about that. And then, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is a little side project just for ourselves to have fun was playing some Lord of the Rings. Hence, Chris has leaned into painting some orcs. So I started uh, test building uh, some walls to go with the kit that you have. So I have to I'm trying to nail down the scale to get them to match up. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. So uh, we do have. Okay. Thank you, Tuffy Ears. Tuffy Ears has joined us on the live show. So, guys. All right. Uh, we Welcome do now board. broadcast the show live on um, across our platforms. And then I uh, download the actual audio recording only so you can download it on your favorite podcasting software for your enjoyment, whether in the car or whatever later. So, uh, Tuffy just waved back at us. So, All right. All right. All right. So, yeah, so th- I, I have not had a chance to uh, get into that yet, but I, at some point I, I will shortly. Um, so have you, have you worked on the, the flat boat yet? Uh, I assembled it. You know, I cleaned it up, yep. and assembled it, I, but I have not yet started uh, painting that one, uh, mostly because my, air, uh, my uh, airbrush booth is currently full of an entire set of uh, – uh, zombicide miniatures gotcha. that I painted that I haven't moved out of there yet because I, I still need to uh, I need to black rim and uh, uh, matte varnish them. Awesome. So once once those guys get out, I can start working on him because you know that'll start off with a bunch of uh, airbrush at least. Yeah. But uh, but no, it went together nice. It looks Good. cool. Nice. I'm pretty happy with that. Awesome. All right. Um, Real quick, before I turn the mic over to Jim for ketchup, uh, I just was working on the airbrushing thing. So um, if you saw the video from Wednesday night, I think the airbrush paints, they're fine, right? So look, look good. Yeah. So um, Vorbal Bright has joined the show as well. So welcome. Um, great work on Rourke's Drift, by the way. Really enjoyed it. Well, be sure to look for part two tomorrow. Yeah, thanks. So we'll see how the Brits survived, or if they did survive, or didn't survive. We'll see. You'll have to watch part two tomorrow. Anyway, um, so the the general consensus with the uh, Army Painter War Paints Airbrush Set, or whatever you, the, the official title is, um, they work. I, They're reasonably priced. They worked. Um, the colors, I don't think, are geared more towards modern military what? 45 and after you know because there's not a lot of the browns greens and stuff that like vallejo offers in there i was gonna say but that's like their uh but that's uh, their their, niche. their basic yeah. game set so yeah. you know it's meant for you know all sorts of stuff right. you know whether you're doing you know 40k or uh you're doing historicals or yeah you know some other you know sci-fi fantasy game where you're going to need more colors exactly so um you know but if you're doing Lord of the Rings, 40K, Warhammer Fantasy, whatever, you know, where you need lots of different colors, then those range, that range is better, right? Yeah. So um, it worked well. And I do like that they add the ball bearings into each pot or uh, bottle. Yep, so nice. that really helps as well. So um, one criticism from the video is that you couldn't really see what I was painting. It wasn't really designed to be a video showing the painting. It was my impression of how it works. 
But to answer or to address that, um, I'll probably put out another video where I work on a bigger item that we can airbrush so you can see the actual paints go down. Um, I don't know what I'll do, but we'll figure something out. I, I mean, it's not like I don't have minis or anything, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say, if only you had something to paint. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Jim, sir, how are you? And what you, what you got going on? All right, well, apparently this episode, uh, the official title is going to be Opposite Day because we have Chris actually putting, you know, paint <laughs> on miniatures. <laughs> Wait a minute. And, uh, so Jim actually just ripped on Chris. <laughs> that is freaking hilarious. That was a compliment. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Good one, Jim. It was actually kind of a compliment, but yeah, I was going to say, normally it's, hey, Chris, what have you done? Oh, nothing. Hey, James, what have you done? All right, everyone hit mute on your phone for like 45 minutes. Um, honestly, I haven't done very much. We have recorded some uh, gaming for uh, Mogadishu. We've done some Valor Victory in Mogadishu last week. We have some edited content coming out later, or content for that coming out later this week. So uh, there has been some gaming and some hobby, uh, just not a whole lot, at least not on the military historical side. This probably dovetails into our topic for today, like, you know, how much fun is, you know, modern military gaming, uh, given uh, the context of today's events. And, of course, we'll get into that. Um, And, yeah, the new job is is really starting to ramp up. It's starting to, you know, I I can no longer use, you know, I'm just the new guy anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, there hasn't been a lot, to be perfectly honest. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way, and that's understandable. Yeah, employers are, you know, really bad about this yeah. whole, we want you to work for us and, you know, be productive because we pay you. What's up with that? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and seriously, as much content and work you have done over the past months, years, you know, you know, if you do just a little bit, you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, the reality of the real world hits you. So understand. All right. So we got caught up in that. So Marty, uh huh. you have news? I have some news items. Hold on. Oh, wait. Listen up, people. It is time for the news with Marty. What in the wide, wide of world war gaming is going on? Let's in on the scuttlebutt. Bring on the awesomeness that is war gaming. Look at you. Oh, I got an intro. I'm excited. John, man, I'm going to have to start putting some effort in it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I'm, so anyway, yeah, on to the news. Uh, so uh, uh, several news items for people that are near and dear to, uh, to the show uh, and uh, are uh, doing stuff together. We'll start off with... Uh, uh, Footsore North America. Yeah. So Footsore North America is no more. Uh, and I say that uh, with uh, with all love. Uh, Tim has not gone away. Right. But Footsore and Tim Spakowski uh, have amicably split. Yep. Uh, you know, and he put a really nice uh, post up on, on the Facebook uh, talking about uh, three years ago, him and Mark Farr uh, formed a relationship with uh, Tim's previous company, mm-hmm. Special Artisan Service Managers. Uh, so they merged, and then they were offering each other's uh, lines, you know, because uh, uh, 
Footsore is uh, UK based, and yeah. uh, Tim is obviously based out out of the UK here, or out of the UK, St. Louis area. Uh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, down in O'Fallon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know that was a really good collaboration. Well, that collaboration is going to continue. Yeah, uh, but Tim has uh, gone back to uh, special artisan miniatures as his uh, company, and he's also opened a brick and mortar. Uh, comic store with partners. So yeah. He's got a lot of things uh, going on. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, once I saw the announcement that he opened, is it bugs? Bugs. Yeah. Uh, comics and games. I kind of knew the writing was on the wall that, you know, if he's going to be doing that, that I couldn't see him, how he was going to fully support foot sore on the North America side. Cause you know, that the idea is if you're representing foot sore, you know, in another country, cause they're UK based. Um, that they want you to go to conventions and things like that to promote, right? So, if, but if you have your own brick and mortar store, you have, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Brick and mortar store. Sure. I mean, coming from somebody who's had three dive shops, um, one, you know, one dive shop I did full time. Um, that was what I did. That was my job. The other two were done while I worked uh, my other real jobs. And it's, it's not, and that's a easy. Buster. It is. Yeah. So, uh, and then try and put on the commitments of trying to promote uh, another company and go to shows and things like that. You know, I kind of knew it. But, it, I mean, it doesn't sound like there's any bla- bad blood or anything. He's still going to be offering foot sword miniatures. Yep. So, yep. He says he will continue to sell and distribute foot sword yes. miniatures in the U.S., uh, but foot sword North America is reverting back to special artisan service miniatures. And, uh, you know, very nice, uh, you know, little statement that he wanted to thank Mark for the time, energy and friendship that he's bestowed on him and that he was truly grateful and can honestly say he learned a lot from this experience. Uh, But he wants to focus on his store. And as he says, what I love most, making 28 millimeter modern miniatures for gaming. So. Yeah. So I have news that relates to that. Uh, I've talked to Tim. Oh, oh. Go on. So uh, I sent Tim a message and said, hey, buddy, Um, because for some of you who may not know, and guys, we're live. You can join the conversation. Uh, Just drop a a note into our chat section and you can add on to the conversation live. Um, But I did talk to Tim uh, briefly and I congratulated him on, uh, you know, SASM coming back, Special Artists and Service Managers. That was the name of the company before he merged with FootSore. and I asked him, did he want to come on the show? So in the very near future, um, he said, yes, of course. And awesome. more excitingly, we are going to be working on, I don't know how much I can say because it's liter- literally, it was a preliminary, but there is a possibility of a line or a few Sit rep podcast exclusive miniatures. Ooh, a little uh, collaboration. Yes. Which is funny because that leads me right into my next news item. Because, Tim... I wonder if that has anything to do with a, another game that you're waiting on. Well, uh, sort of. <laughs> you know, uh, if Modifius would get their stuff together... <laughs> Mr. Robert Would Salters, you give Chris a break, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know they've got a lot going on, and they're like, look, it's in the pipeline, I promise. But... Uh, Robert Salters and Tim yep. uh, have gotten together, and they're going to do a little collaboration. And uh, as Robert said, he's excited to announce the affiliation with Special Artists and Service Miniatures. And they are going to create some amazing ultra-modern uh, miniatures 
specifically for the Battle Space game. So, uh, as he says, uh, uh, bring to the Battle Space community and the positive impact it will have with the Modifius published version of Battle Space. Yeah. Keep your head on a swivel for a release date. So uh, you can, uh, uh, Battlespace has a community group on Facebook. So just uh, type in Battlespace, all one word, if you are a Facebook user. And that should be the first thing that pops up. So you're able to uh, you know, check out what's going on there and keep up with uh, Robert Salters and uh, Table Salt Gaming Design, his company. Very so, cool. Yeah, super, super excited about that. But yeah, I'm, uh, you know, uh, if you weren't aware of what we're talking about with Modifius, uh, they are uh, going to uh, publish a uh, deluxe printed edition uh, with the, you know the rules and templates and all that jazz uh, for uh, Battlespace. So yeah. looking looking forward to that because Battlespace is a uh, it's a solo slash co op game that uh, I'm telling you he due to no fault of Roberts. He actually timed this like perfectly right? because it, it came out in like March of 2020, right? When we were all getting locked down and stuff. Exactly. You know, and uh, and that was something that I latched on to. I mean, I think you can still get the rules for nine bucks uh, over on uh, uh, Gamers Vault. Yeah, something like that. Um, so just checking in the chats. Vorpal Bite asks, so does this mean a 54 millimeter Vietnam War exclusive sit rep miniature figure? Man, him and his big scale. That would be awesome to paint, what, though. What, what if... We were able to make it a STL, and well, then you could print it out whatever you is, wanted. Funny thing you said that. So I have another friend. What? Who I've been talking to. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait. One, two, three. You're, no, 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 no. I was going to say, I, uh, I'm not sure this is really true. So I do have a, another friend. Uh, you might have heard of him. Patrick Keith. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he does sculpting. You know, and he has his own game. And we've been talking on and off that it would be uh, nice if he could sculpt us a mini. He does digital now. He used to do all hand, but he does a lot of digital. So I'm going to have to reach back out to him because we, we're we working on something. And then, you know, COVID hit, right, two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I could see him doing a 54-millimeter STL yeah. file for us, um, you know. And then uh, all that. So, uh, Tuffy here says, hope it's not a 550 pound like their limited Dune book. So, he's talking about Battle Space because 500, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. 550 pounds, pounds in dollars, you know, yeah, yeah, monetary. Yeah, but I'm like, no. wait, but Modifius is selling something for 550 I, you, pounds. Right. Yeah. That's what I was, my, that's my mate. I'm like, I don't know nothing about that, bro. <laughs> so uh, I would not expect it to be that much. No, God, no. I mean, smog. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's different. Yeah. I know. That's okay. But that's kind of why Battle Space has kind of been, I don't want to say put on the back burner, but they've been doing a lot of high priority work with Dune because Dune's hot right now with the movie. And, right. You know, and they wanted to get that out while it's hot. But you'll see Battle Space soon. Yeah. So, yeah, looking um, looking forward to it. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, keep keep your eyes uh, peeled for that if you are a fan of uh, ultra modern twenty uh, eight millimeter solo games. Yeah. Speaking of uh, ultra modern twenty uh, eight millimeter games, so this is one that kind of ties into today's topic. Okay. So Colin Phillips of Dish Dash Games earlier this week released uh new solo co or slash co-op rules 
for Ultra uh, Combat Modern. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can find that if you go to their uh, Facebook page, uh, you can download them for free there uh, in the files section. Uh, where, where it might get a little weird is uh, this, <laughs> the scenario is kind of close to what we're doing now. And now, Colin started writing these like four years ago. <laughs> so uh, he had put out a, uh, a message on the Facebook group. And he's like, hey, I've got these, but, you know, is it appropriate to release now? Mm. And uh, the majority of the responses that I saw, uh, and again, this is from within the uh, the Facebook group for the for the game for Ultra uh, Ultra Combat Modern, yeah, uh, was uh, yes, it's a game. People should be able to tell the difference between reality and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so he released them, and uh, as he says, uh, you know that he would love. Uh, you know, here's the. The rules, love the feedback, hope everyone enjoys them as much as he enjoyed writing them. Uh, some special thanks uh, to the Hutchison's, Peter Attack, and Nathan Deck uh, for uh, their support. And uh, special mention to Carl, uh, Carl Lothian, uh, who always takes an interest. Mm -hmm. And the scenario concept, and I'm going to mess this up because I don't speak Polish. So, uh, uh, stir, stir, starry, stir. Uh, Luigi Bo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how it's pronounced. It's a, uh, <laughs> shut up. It's a real village in Poland uh, that's in the Nick Ryan stories uh, that he used in his novella, uh, Enemy in Sight. Hmm. So in that novella, the uh, village straddles an important highway used by a Russian column to move in, uh, move on to Warsaw. NATO chooses to use that village, uh, name deleted because I can't pronounce it, uh, to attempt <laughs> to delay the advancing Russian column. Uh, the story of the book's primarily an armor battle, but his spin on it is to make it uh, an infantry battle for the village. Gotcha. So in this battle, uh, NATO troops in the former Royal Irish Regiment uh, hold the village. However, to make things different, because this is a co-op game, right? So you're only playing once, uh, one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the co-op players play the game from the attacking Russian perspective. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, that's certainly flipping things on its head, at least for, for us as Western folks, right? Mm. We would normally, you know, pick the home team, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, designed for two players, uh, each fielding a uh, Russian motorized platoon. Uh, and the system will work at uh, both the fire team and squad level. Because uh, if you remember going back to our review and uh, playthrough of... Ultra Combat Modern, you can play it at the individual fire team, uh, squad, or platoon level. Right. You know, so a bun bunch of different levels that you can play it at. But, uh, you know, he's uh, he's got the rule set out there, uh, scenario and everything in there. It's uh, well written. It, you know, lo looks just like it came out of the, the book, except mm -hmm. uh, it's available as a PDF. And again, it's for free. Uh, you can get it on the uh, Facebook uh, group uh, file section there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he was he was concerned that that might be a little too close to today's gotcha. uh, uh, current uh, world events. Gotcha. Um, real quick before you continue on, I just want to let everybody know um, if you buy, you might have seen a post. If you're not on Facebook, I'll just put it out there. If you uh, email us at sitrep.podcast at gmail.com and order an um, Sergeant Sitrep okay. Mini. Um, I can't sell you the STL file because it's through um, Heroes. What is it? Heroescape? Hero, Hero Forge. So I'm not allowed to sell the STL, but I can send you a printed uh, mini uh, for $9.99 plus shipping, obviously. And all money 
from that will go towards uh, helping the uh, conflict in the Ukraine. Um, also, if you order any merch off of our uh, supply room store, all profits, proceeds, whatever, you know, sans the cost of the, the actual, you know, cup, shirt, whatever, we're for uh, all of March and April, we'll donate those funds to Ukraine uh, as well. So, and, um, and I've got a couple others uh, that are doing similar things. I'll mention a little yep. later in the news here. But, so what else you got? So Firelock Games, Blood yep. and Plunder, Raise the Black uh, Kickstarter, uh, put out an update. Uh, yeah. So uh, Chinese New Year's concluding. Uh, they're getting the ball rolling again. Uh, they posted some uh, photos of the sprues as they are uh, being uh, uh, the production masters, you know, or whatever. Not the master, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, test runs there uh, look really cool. Yeah. Uh, they've got uh, a few molds that still need to be finished. Uh, but they are uh, working on them. Uh, they're, they thought that it would start shipping uh, this month. Mm -hmm. uh, it says it's been a challenge to come up with an accurate date as shipping issues continue worldwide, hoping to have the project out as soon as possible. But not sure March is realistic based on worldwide logistical issues. Said so uh, instead of continuing to push out the ship date uh, on, on the update, uh, they expect to have a more accurate date uh, within the next 30 days. So uh, this was a couple days ago they put put this out. So by the end of the month, says the good news on that is their fulfillment partners ensure that uh, once they receive the product, they will be able to ship them all out within mm -hmm. a week or two. So mm -hmm. uh, not a great surprise. I mean, you know, given, uh, you know, the uh, situation with uh, shipping and whatnot, and this is all coming out of China. So. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of figured that would go. But if you are a backer of uh, the uh, Raise the Black uh, Kickstarter for uh, Blood and Plunder, which I am, which is why you keep hearing about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, then uh, you will uh, uh, hopefully see something by the end of the month on when that's coming out. Gotcha. Uh, a, a weird little news item that I came across. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not familiar at all with this company. Uh, but uh, there's a company called Archson Creations. They're out of uh, Rochester, New York. Okay. And uh, they're, they're closing their store, uh, mm. essentially. They're, you know, looks like he's uh, ramping down his, his business. Uh, I'm not familiar it, with them. What do they do? Uh, they they make a crap ton of minis is what, really? <laughs> what they do. Yeah, go to uh, Archson Creations, uh, A-C-H-E-S-O-N creations.com and you can see all of their stuff but this guy's got a bunch of masters that he's selling so if somebody is a caster do we know anybody who's a caster uh chris long spin caster times two what how what's uh, the company name archison so it is a-c-h-e-s-o-n creations.com a-c-h-e-s-o-n creations.com I see it Rochester yeah so uh, he says uh, start, starting this week uh, there's a new category on their webpage called masters where uh, there will be listed uh, building terrain vehicle figure masters that he's never gotten around to putting into production that are now for sale with full production rights he will also make a production mold for any buyer if uh, required and uh can contract cast them for the new owner. So, so keep an eye out each week for new additions to this category. Right. Uh, currently, he has uh, the ones that we would most be interested in. 
Uh, 28 millimeter masters uh, for Vietnam guys. He's got uh, some MVA uh, with AK 47s. He's got an AK or uh, uh, MVA command set, uh, MVA with RPGs. Uh, also has 28 millimeter master U.S. infantry with uh, M60s, uh, U.S. infantry command set. Uh, plan on spending about 700 bucks. Yeah, I'm looking at these per set of masters. Uh, and again, that's full licensing you will own them and be able to produce them so you know people are like seven hundred dollars for a set of minis these aren't minis these are the actual masters to cast the minis yeah so there are green stuff on metal frames i'm looking at the vc command set yeah. right now um i mean that's not bad actually when you think about it $700 is what you typically pay a sculptor for one mini. Right. You know? Yeah, it is not not at all uh, a bad deal. No. Now, it's a niche market, obviously. You have to have somebody that wants to, you know, get in the business of casting these. Uh, and then probably, you know, I would assume selling. They're not, you know, just right. casting them for themselves. But they could be. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I thought I'd throw it out there just because I, I'd never come across uh, something like this before. Yeah, i never heard of them. And I'm like... That's they look kind of, really good. That's kind of cool. And they, he's got a metric crap ton of stuff yeah. on his webpage as you go through each of the different categories and whatnot. You know, he says he's got over 5,000 books, over 4,000 painted figures. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a number of new stuff uh, still being added, uh, as well as uh, he's got uh, like hundreds of comics and magazines and whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a huge inventory. Uh, so, you know. Check it out if that uh, if that's your thing. You know, yeah. uh, not just masters. Uh, you know, he's got all sorts of other stuff. So, food for thought for you if that's that's your barbecue. Check him out. Yep. Uh, just see what's going on. We don't have any affiliation. I literally never heard of him before yeah, Wednesday no. night. Uh, but uh, I was I was really intrigued when I came across it. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Uh, da, 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 a quick Adepticon uh, update. Yeah. Uh, Couple of things. One, they they extended uh, the lodging uh, uh, block blocker rooms for Hyatt, right? Yeah, yeah, for the Hyatt itself. Yeah. So uh, jump on that if uh, you haven't done it, because I think it was through March sixth, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, uh, due to uh, the relaxing of uh, COVID restrictions here in Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, it is mask optional. So you will not be required to wear a mask in uh, most uh, things. You know, I'm, I'm sure that like a game master or, you know, a particular person could request it if, you know, they felt yeah. that was most appropriate. But as a show overall, they are not going to require it. You do, however, uh, still have to uh, show proof of vaccine or uh, a negative uh, COVID test uh, within 72 hours prior of uh, attending. Gotcha. You know, uh, and then you can go to their webpage. They've got a whole page on health and safety stuff. You know, uh, you, yeah. you can check it out uh, for yourself. But that's good news. I know a lot Very of good people uh, were, were kind of, yeah. you know, upset that that was going on. That wasn't, you know, that's not a an Adepticon thing. That's literally a state of Illinois and uh, County of Cook thing that yeah. was requiring it. And now that that's been lifted, they've adjusted their, their stuff. So did yeah. you say that County, right? The, the County of Cook. Yes. Quirk. Uh, no, no. Quirk County. No, no, not. I'm not even going to give them that much credit. <laughs> no. uh, let's see going on. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, talked about uh, there's a couple other uh, companies that are doing uh, 
uh, charity support uh, through uh, a minifigure of some sort. Uh, one is an actual figure that is being uh, created by. Uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher their name, and and, and I know this company, <laughs> so I, I feel really bad. Uh, Anthelonica Game War Gaming. Yep, I think I got that right. Uh, but they've created a uh, uh, Vitaly uh, on the bridge, Gakun, right? Yeah, the uh, hero of Ukraine limited edition charity figure uh, it's sculpted by Ankron Dukrot. Uh, it's 28 millimeter uh, scale. You can uh, go to uh, their web page and uh, see what it looks like. They have uh, uh, some versions of it up there. Uh, 100% of the profits from the figure go to a uh, special fund established by the National Bank of Ukraine. Uh, to support their efforts, and it depicts uh, Vitaly, uh, who was awarded Hero of the Ukraine, the highest military award, uh, after he gave his life to slow the Russian advance by uh, blowing up a bridge. Yeah. Uh, and subsequently himself with it. Yeah. Uh, but that's what he felt needed to, needed to happen uh, in order to uh, stop the Russian advance, and uh, you know, they are celebrating his sacrifice and supporting the Ukraine war effort there. Yep. Uh, that is a pre-order figure and needs to be sculpted. And again, uh, that's, I don't know if it's done, but uh, there are uh, pictures of it on the website. So yeah, uh, I don't know if they've completed the master yet or not, but it's being sculpted like in New Zealand and then has to be shipped to the UK. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they will produce it in the UK and then uh, send it out to backers. Uh, gotcha. An, another company that is doing something similar. Yeah. Uh, and it's a company that I'm not familiar with, although, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, kind of dug digging through their stuff is, uh, called reptilian overlords. Okay. uh, Right. So they do like a lot of, uh, uh, it's all STL stuff. Uh, it's a lot of, shall we say 40 K proxy stuff on there, uh, on their webpage. Uh, but you can go to reptilian overlords, all one word.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have created a figure called Commander Z, uh, and that is, uh, you know, it's like a uh, a wartime pose of uh, the Ukrainian president. Uh, he's an emergency relief miniature, as they call him, created to support the people of the Ukraine. It is a pay whatever you feel like giving uh, for uh, the STL. Uh, or as they say, uh, simply print, paint, and share it on your social media to boost the signal. All profits will go to the Ukrainian Red Cross Society. And as as of March 2nd, they had uh, raised over uh, $2,000 in donations. That was the last update I saw on money. Oh, and uh, Anathonica, by the way, uh, over five grand last I saw earlier in the week. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing uh, doing some some good work there. But uh, if you want, if you're a, a 3D printer guy uh, and uh, you want to, support through reptilian overlords to get commander z uh you can do that uh and like i said you know it's pay what you want and they don't care if you just download it paint it and share it uh you know to you know spread the news on the uh uh the plate of the ukrainians and the you know garner additional support form yeah all right so before you go on uh the chat's kind of blowing up and i think i need to address it so we can Right now, uh, first, first of all, regardless of what you feel about world events <laughs> and that we are not. No, I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. We are taking a side. Um, I am. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I'll go ahead and pick a pick a side. You know, 
Yeah. So, um, you know, when you are being a bully and you're doing something wrong, we're going to stand up and say so. Okay. Done with that. So, um, I, right. you know, I hate to point out to a certain person, but I'm going to name them because it's gotten a little ridiculous. Vorpal Bite said, why are we mixing politics with gaming? We're not, but we are helping out people who are in need of help. You know, everybody who's ever rose, uh, raised their hand and swore to protect the country, constitution, foreign and blah, blah, blah. You know, whether it's the United States, Britain or wherever, you're doing it because you're there to protect those who can't protect themselves. And however we can help. And if it's just a throwing a few bucks at them to buy medical supplies and food, then we're going to do it. Yeah. And, yep. you know, and, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, I don't like that the Russian government has done that doesn't mean that I hate Russian people because that's not at all the case. Matter of fact, my next door neighbors are Russians. Right. <laughs> the you Russian know, people are as uh, much. Yeah. If you it sounds like most of the people on the street, the non-government yeah. people are not happy about what's going on. You know, uh, and yeah, I, you know, so um, on top of that, because a convention makes a decision as far as vaccinations, masking, all that, that is their right. And again, same person. You cannot yeah. tell, especially we won't condone saying stuff like they won't let this. I'm going to I hope that convention burns in hell. Right. Oh, that's not cool, bro. No. no. So I asked him to uh, be civil and he goes so long. I no longer like the show. All right, brother. Well, we'll miss you. Yeah. Okay. Will we? Thanks for being on the show. All right. Moving on to more fun stuff, if we will. Okay. All right. So uh, that's all the news items I all have. Right. So that's probably a good place to wrap that up, huh? Yep. Oh, well, wait a minute. I do have oh, oh. Uh, some wait news. Minute. Wait a minute. Chris has painted and has a news <laughs> item. <laughs> Man. <laughs> rough crowd. Rough crowd. <laughs> Go along with the uh, blood you, and plunder. You are not getting your own intro. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, going along with blood and plunder and the pirate theme stuff. Yeah. Uh, loot Studios yeah. at loot-studios.com. Yeah. Uh, this month is all um, piratey type stuff. So yeah, 71 they, miniatures for uh, 15 bucks. Yeah, they do and have they, a pretty good. They look nice. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are uh, uh, like fantasy type stuff. Uh-huh. But... Uh, not you know, everything. If you, yeah, I was gonna say, but there's a ton of stuff in there. If you're doing uh, like a straight historical game, that uh, would be good to good to have in there. And they have a, is that a brigantine? They, uh, they've they got a some they ships. got a they got a big ass boat, and it yep. is really cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> and uh, objects. Yeah. Hello. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry. So, we're, we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. Got a, got a, got a little beeping going on there. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, man, we, we talked about it for five minutes and they've already got a black jammy squad yeah. coming in. <laughs> anyway. So sorry guys. Continue on. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in particular, we're like, so if you were a, uh, like say a blood and plunder guy, uh, you know how expensive those little metal ships cannons are. Well, they've got a really, really nice <laughs> 3D, uh, an STL of a cannon, and you can make them whichever size you like and make as many of them as you want. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's def definitely something that, you know, caught my eye. I was like, oh, 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 that would be useful for sure. Right. And they've got the bus and, you know, 
I know, Bill, when uh, you get your boat, Dude, you're you going to want your own uh, little uh, compass. No. No? No, I use GPS, my friend, and I use a sextant. Or give me mateys. But uh, but yeah, no, there's some cool stuff in there for sure, for sure. It's the metal plate in my head. It's magnetic, and it always points the true north. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what happens, yeah. What happens when uh, Don turns on the microwave? I shit my pants. Forget who I am. <laughs> forget who I am. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, just uh, real Christmas quick. vacation. <laughs> I want to say thank you for the support, Tuffy Ears, for uh, understanding. So uh, if you look at the comments, you'll understand that. But uh, thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, if you're into the pirate thing, I mean, cool. I mean, the guys down in Miami, because the, um, they're from Miami. That's right. Team Florida. Yep. So, you know, they're one of yeah. those. So, cool. Any other news, sir? That was a long news that, section. That That is all the newsy news I have brought today. All right. Awesome. So, let's see. Gaming in, in the madness of today's world. Yeah, we kind of almost touched on that a little bit, huh? <laughs> so... Here's my perspective of it. I find myself drawn right now. And I know this is kind of weird coming from a podcast that's really geared towards modern is I find myself going back a century. Well, you know, I, I, if you are inspired by today's events, you can trace it back that far. Yeah. I mean, truly can. Yeah. Uh, you could go back for even further. Uh, even further. Wanted. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, we did Rourke's Drift. Love Rourke's Drift. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Um, Civil War. I still have all those. You know, the epic battles, the warlord. Yeah, yeah. All 3, uh, have you of those seen days. some of the? Uh, are you following the epic battles Waterloo stuff uh, on Facebook and it, stuff? Yeah. The, they are painting some insane stuff. I was gonna say somebody has way too much. Free One dude time. painted like a whole box in a weekend. Yeah, and, and not just like you know, hit him with some spray right. paint, and I'm, I mean, he he like painted buckles and stuff. Exactly. Like, oh, that looks really good. I would never do that in a weekend. <laughs> the only way I'd be able to paint a box in a weekend is if I paint if I didn't. You paint the box. If yeah. I paint the box. Yeah. yeah. Five, five five gallon bucket, just dip the sprue in, <laughs> flick it yeah. off. I'm done. talking about not even taking the plastic off the box. Just yeah. yeah. So you know, um, it just. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for Midway though. I, I've been, you know, really chomping at the bit to get started on Midway. Um, you know, I, I constantly think about how we're going to do this and I really want to make this video series really classic, you know, really classy to be honest with you. Well, we can't be too classy. We are. I mean, involved. it's us, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I speak for yourself <laughs> anyway, but I, Here's my motivation. I want people to enjoy the videos. I want to have fun playing the game, right? Right. But I want the production value to be high because, God damn it, I want to be nominated for a freaking <laughs> Caesar Award from Little Wars TV. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But we'll see what we, we we'll see what we can uh, put yeah, together. Then. So you know, we'll see. So uh, Tuffy Years says I would like to do GW's Kill Team with terrorists versus counter terrorists. So for you guys who don't aren't familiar, right. Kill Team is uh, Games Workshop's skirmish battle game. Right. Right. Yep. It's a kill team. Uh, it's where you have one team versus one team. If you go back, 
and search out Drakstar Games, D-R-A-X-T-A-R. Uh, they have a YouTube channel. They're not in business anymore, but we actually filmed a Kill Team video for them uh, years ago. Oh, all right. Uh, Don and I did. So it explains Kill Team. Yep. Um, so if you want kind of idea what Kill Team's like, you can look at that. I think it was the... Um, what are the space elves? The ones that have like the gestures, Eldari, Eldari or, whatever they are, versus somebody else. I don't uh, know. Uh, Har- or wait a minute, the Harlequins. Harlequins. Yeah, yeah, Harlequins. Yeah, I was gonna so, say you said jesters, so yeah, yeah. Harlequins. So uh, anyway, um, so that's actually a pretty cool idea. Um, but you know, in today's world, I find myself going back to a simpler time. Does that and but that makes no sense because. I, I think people remember the good stuff and forget the bad stuff, if you will. Well, yeah, it's right. Like, it, it's like all of our military careers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so you look back fondly on, on things, you're like, wait a minute, that super sucked when I went through it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody looks upon KP or Sergeant Major's detail with fond memories. So unless you were shitbirding and found a way to hide behind a can't a tree or something you know as a sergeant major walk by to make sure you're painting rocks or picking up cigarette butts or whatever the hell he was having you do um it was more fun as a first sergeant well you know you didn't have to do sergeant major's detail right there's that there right is. but right. also being in charge takes all the fun out of shit too so. <laughs> that's not true that's, <laughs> I, i'm gonna totally say that's not true because uh you know I had, I had a lot of fun being in charge of some yeah. stuff. <laughs> so, um, Jim, you have been really quiet. Um, yeah, we were in the middle of the news segment. I didn't yeah. want to interrupt. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, so, what what are your thoughts on on our main topic about gaming and in the madness of today's world? Uh, uh, you know, I you being a, a uh, student of history, war, you know, warfare. Right. Um, do you find yourself really looking at all points of the current conflict or does it make you want to look at other areas while this is going on and then uh, examine it later? You know, hopefully when it's over soon, um, you know, what's your take on it? Um, okay. That's a kind of a, all right. I'll, I'll see if I can unpack that and answer it in like a piece at a time. Okay. Right. Um, am I, am I following what's going on uh, in Ukraine at the moment? Um, I know we're all following it very closely. I would venture I might be following it even more closely than that. Um, I don't want to drop any names specifically, but we've got people in our community. Yeah. Personal members of our community now at places like um, Iprin and um, uh, other suburbs of uh, Kiev. Uh, as of two o'clock this morning, he was in uh, Ostomel, uh, boots on the ground, rifle in his shoulder, and um, it, I'm getting like nearly near nearly real time um, updates about what's going on in there, um, like him personally. Now, of course, as we all kind of remember, um, when you're actually on the ground in 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 or near the front line. Um, you know very, very little about what's really going on. So I'm not getting any kind of like CIA level, um, you know, insight or anything. You know, when you're in, when you are where he is, you see like, you know, the four inches between the bottom of your helmet and the top of your foxhole. Yeah. You know what's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. If that. Um, So all that said, uh, yeah, I'm watching it uh, really, really closely. Uh, and, you know, the, trying to keep hold of the whole, uh, you know, military 
as much as we can tell. I mean, obviously, we're not going to know what's going on uh, for real. But, yeah, I'm definitely watching it and, uh, yeah, following that part of it uh, really, really closely. Um, online, offline, publicly, privately, um, needless to say, my inbox is full, like, every day with um, another stack of, you know, questions or, you know, what do you think? Or I saw this and is this for real? And, I mean, I'm no closer than anybody else. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, trying to do the best I can, even if it's just identify certain vehicles. Both sides are using a lot of the same vehicles, so it's really hard. Yeah, right. but there are some clues. There are some really, really distinctive clues that you can use. And this isn't like rivet counting in a real-life one-to-one scale war game. We're not trying to be that way. But what people are trying to do is figure out, like, okay, here's uh, some video. Because people don't know what to trust. Yeah, They're looking at news, and they say, oh, Ukrainians score another gigantic victory, or Russians report huge advances, or whatever. And they see this, look at this burnt-out column of you know, wrecked equipment and you're looking at it and you're like, bro, that's your equipment. <laughs> you're, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Okay. You see those RPG cages on those BTRs. Those are Ukrainian vehicles. Okay. You see those, um, those javelin sunroofs that you see on, on the Russian tanks. That's a Russian vehicle. Don't try and show me a burnt out Russian tank and tell me that it's, you know, you, so now that news report is bullshit because, you know, Russians are saying, you know, we've blown up Ukrainian tanks and you're showing, you know, clearly a Russian tank. How to tell the difference between a T seventy two and a T eighty or a T sixty four? You know, it's 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 pretty easy with with the tanks. When it comes to the APCs, it's next to impossible. Unless you're talking about the BTR eighty A's, those are clearly Russian. They have a very very distinctive turret, um, and you know stuff like that. Again, people aren't you know getting into the tiny tedium. They they want us because they see all this video and people are making all these claims. Mm-hmm. And we've heard a lot of stories. And, um, you know, the guys on Snake Island, we all we all read about that. Then we've heard that they were alive, and now we haven't heard anything back from them again. Now they might be gone again. Um, or they weren't alive. That, that other report that they were alive is was probably either an error or an outright lie. Um, I don't know where that is now. That's come back and forth a couple times. We've all heard stories about the ghosts of Kiev, which I've always thought was a little suspect from the start. Um, I hope to God it's true. That that would be awesome. Yeah. It, but it, once you start to see, it almost does. It almost doesn't matter if it's true though, from a uh, morale perspective for the folks uh, on the ground there, uh, and the Ukrainian army and the, and the general populace. You know, uh, because it still has the same effect. Although it'd really be it's cool got, if there was a dude smoking <laughs> a dozen airplanes in a week. That would be awesome. I mean. And it would, it would make a huge difference um, if it was materially true. Right. But even operations that don't really matter, like the Doolittle Raid in 1942 when America needed a huge morale boost, it still has to be actually true. Because if it comes out that it was a lie, and I'm not saying that it is, um, I mean, who knows? Like I've been saying on some forums and in our Discord and in other Discords, you know, was like, and people are coming at me from all directions about this. Um, it took historians 60 years to get within 10 or 12 million of World War II's death toll. I mean, how many, to- how many times have we heard World War II killed 55 million people? Right, right. That's not even close. And we didn't get an actual number even close to the real, within 10 million of the real number, which is anywhere between 70 and 80, um, until like the late 1990s. 
So how accurate do you think the news coming out of Ukraine is right now? Um, For sure. The, the people on the ground don't know. The people on the ground have, you know, obviously um, a vested interest in portraying one side or the other. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're doing the best we can as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, this has been kind of why I haven't been doing a heck of a lot of gaming this uh, this last couple of weeks, um, at least not in historical, because, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of this going on. Yeah. There have been some um, requests on our uh, YouTube channel in the comments, which um, if you're hearing this podcast, people who've made this request, we hear you. We just, we didn't feel, we thought it, we thought it might be a little tone deaf at the moment. Um, now you made the, I'm not saying that the people who made the suggestions were tone deaf. The people who made the suggestions made this suggestion before all this started. And it goes to, you know, all right, maybe we could go back to a simpler time. Maybe we could go back to another uh, era, like, like take, take a little bit of a further step back where it won't be quite so immediate. Even there, you have to be a little careful. Yeah. Um, what was requested was some late war World War II on the Eastern Front, which is like my favorite stuff. You know, um, big, big Russian tanks. Um, Stalin one, Stalin twos, the SU-152 assault guns up against the big cats, the t- Panthers, the Tigers, um, Jagdpanthers, and so on and so forth. The problem is most of those battles are taking place in, oh shit, Belarus, uh, Ukraine, and it, Poland. Right. The war, the war in Russia wasn't in Russia at that point. It was already back in the Eastern Europe, and even in 1944 and 45, um, the idea of big Russian tanks like crushing over Eastern Europe. I was like, I know it's World War Two. I know it's not really what we're talking about, like what we're seeing in the news. Let's maybe do something else. Yeah. So last week we pivoted over to Somalia. It's crazy that Somalia, 1993 Gothic Serpent, is like the good old days. Um, <laughs> that that, that right. might be a comment on where we are yeah. <laughs> as far as what's, what's going on yeah. in the world. Today. Yeah, because I was actually in the army when that happened. <laughs> that was the month I left. That was that was the month October 93. That was the month I left. I was uh, going around the base with my little card or whatever, like filling out all my yep. paperwork, and you right. just get like that damp feeling, like you know, maybe I should maybe I should have reopt. Maybe I should have. And then uh, that happened. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. Here's the paperwork. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I, I was in a similar situation, except I wasn't getting out. I had, I actually had reenlisted, but I was getting ready to PCS. But uh, yeah, I was, okay. I was clearing, uh, clearing post and getting ready to uh, transfer. Yeah. And the Marines were out of Somalia by then. Marines yeah. were there in 92 mostly. And uh, yeah, the army took over and then the, the Adid militia stepped up and, you know, we've all seen the movie. Right. If nothing else. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as, you know, what we think about the, um, the, the, the situation or whatever, yeah, I don't want to speak for the whole team. One thing that we might do in the coming weeks, maybe not this week, but in weeks coming up is sort of a review. Uh, we won't like we, I, at least I won't be running like an actual Ukraine game, but for since October, 2015, uh, I've been publishing. I'm not talking about like blog posts or my Facebook page. I'm talking about giving manuscripts to a peer editor or to a peer, um, having a peer reviewed and then going, having it sent to a copy editor and actually having stuff published. Commenting on a situation, of course, back then it was all in the East, it was all in the Donbass, and, um, you know, making predictions. And we've made a lot of predictions over the years, and we've nailed it on a couple things, and we've really whiffed it on a couple other things. Um, I think a lot of people were, 
more than a little uh, startled uh, by the scope and scale of what the Russians are doing. Even if they thought something was going to happen, uh, they didn't think this was going to happen, um, up to and including uh, the German Minister of Intelligence, like the Chancery level, like the top guy, like their chief of the CIA, right, was in Kiev, like without even a security detail. He was walking around in a suit and tie, you know, drinking coffee at a sidewalk cafe or whatever. They had a helicopter out of there when, when the shit hit the fan. So he certainly wasn't expecting anything, at least of this scope, to happen. So we're in good company as far as that goes. We did make a lot of other predictions that have come startlingly true. And a lot of other things, again, that we really yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did not. I'll say one thing for free right now, a quick preview. I did not expect the Ukrainian defense forces to be putting up this kind of a fight. You go back to our own videos, and we've been predicting this war for a while now, and it's been, okay, we don't. We hope this doesn't going to happen. We don't think it's going to happen, at least not in the near future, but here's what it might look like if it does, and the Ukrainians are always getting kind of curb-stomped, and then we're saying, you know what, even in this situation, I think we're giving the Ukrainians too much credit because X, Y, Z. This is still back when the Chocolate King was president, and, you know, the Ukrainian corruption was a lot worse than it is now. It's... It, their military was not as prepared as it apparently is. Uh, again, I was definitely surprised. Putin was surprised. German defense minister was surprised. We're in good company as far as some of these things go. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, and uh, you know, the uh, the ability of uh, uh, the Ukraine government to uh, be able to one arm its civilian populace, and two, the fact that they. Their civilian populace has been very willing to defend the homeland, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, that level of uh, uh, response uh, was was greater than, uh, well, maybe the Ukrainians thought this. But <laughs> anyone outside of Ukraine, I, I don't think uh, thought, that, you know, saw that coming. You know, so, uh, you know, suddenly you have this huge uh, internal defense force, uh, maybe not well trained, but uh you know, death by a thousand cuts is still death. That, that's another thing. And again, this might be a function of the fact that uh, a lot of the battlefields are a lot further west than at least I'm predicting. Um, I was predicting things like, okay, this might actually happen. And we, we were, we're on record, uh, publicly on record. Because um, for a while, I, at least I was like, guys, relax. Something's going to happen. Guys, relax. Something's going to happen. And then the situation changed starting in November and then into December. And I was like, oh, wait. And in the face of new information and a changed situation, you update your analysis or whatever, and right. you update your prediction. You're like, okay, uh, I know I was saying this before. I stand by what I was saying before. However, now the situation has um, empirically changed. This is new data coming in. This is new, you know, uh, of course, I don't have any, again, I'm not getting dark web emails from Edward Bowden or whatever, Edward Snowden <laughs> over in Moscow or anything. Um, but, you know, it, I, like, all right, here, here's a quick example. Oh, we're all just watching the news. We don't really know what's going on. Well, excuse me, if you actually study this kind of material, you can tell by what the people in the news don't even notice or say. They'll show video of a bunch of people hanging out in a subway tunnel in Kiev. Let me like, oh, these civilians are having such a hard time. They're, you know, being locked down in shelter and, you know, we never know like what's going to happen. And then people ask me, well, what's going on with Soviet cyber? Oh, I Soviet, sorry. It might be the Soviets again pretty soon, the way things are going. Right. Um, uh, what's going on with you know, this whole threat of Russian cyber attacks? 
because that also goes into, you know, my nine to five job and stuff like that. And, you know, cyber attack, cyber attack, cyber warfare. And I'm like, guys, look at this newsfeed. I'm looking at a bunch of civilians uh, in, a, in a subway tunnel. So what? No, look at this newsfeed. Look at what they're not telling you. Everybody in that newsfeed is scrolling through their Facebook. Right. Telecommunications is still up. The internet is still up. Everyone's phone service is still up. Russian cyber attacks have not, have, as of the time of that video, this is, even, this is a couple of days ago, apparently they're not going anywhere. So you can't believe everything you say. Again, when someone says, here's a column of burnt out armor on the side of the road and they're showing their side's armor and either they don't know, because the buffoon on the ground is some civilian who doesn't know this stuff. And the uh, the guy back in the editing bay at CNN or Fox News headquarters is some you know millennial jackass who doesn't know what he's looking at. They don't know. And they're just going to put this out there. It's, it's that kind of... In, in the, in the information age, when this data comes out so fast and so little of it's edited, I know it's a tiny detail, but the number of news articles that I've read that have just blatant typos in them. Yeah. Well, I know that has nothing to do with, but they're just pumping the stuff out so fast. They're not even copy editing their work. Right. And, and there's no yeah. vetting going along with uh, much of it, um, you know, which isn't that hard to do, even if it's not your uh, your barbecue, you know, hey, yeah. I don't know anything about this. Well, I bet there's a guy on staff that does, or you could probably make a phone call to a guy that would be happy to you know, right. share that with you. But we're kind of doing it right now. We're, we're kind of, we're, you know, and we're kind of doing it now live after the, or not live, but we're doing it after the fact uh, externally. And we're like, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. And you can kind of give, the, I mean, again, I don't know anything. I'm not there. I'm talking to people who are there. Um, but I'm not there personally, uh, obviously. And you can give it a sniff test and you can kind of say, wait a minute, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. So I almost kind of lost my train of thought here. So uh, we've made a little bit of, Hey, um, even before Sitra podcast, uh, back in the old, um, abuse of war and on tabletop days where, you know, you can use uh, wargaming not only, of course, as a source of entertainment, but if you take it a little bit more seriously and you crunch your data a little bit and you get more into the, you know, simulation side rather than the, you know, painting miniature side, um, I guess there's no reason you can't do both. Yeah. Uh, that's just a lot of work. Um, but you can eventually get to the point where you can almost use it as a, I mean, not like CIA or DIA level, but you can eventually get to the point where at least for you in your little, um, you know, dining room table think tank, uh, a little bit of a um, thought experiment. Like, yeah. you know, if this does happen, what kind of things could we see? One thing we definitely nailed was how long it would take the Russian army to reach Kiev. Um, they didn't get in there, obviously, as of this recording. Uh, let's hope that holds out. And um, the effect of javelins. We call, I'm, I'm not even going to cry about that. But we called that <laughs> shit for like two years now. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were going to have the end laws. I didn't know they were going to have stingers. My Ukrainian counter saw the old, uh, whatever the not quite latest generation Russian stuff is. Um, it's like the SA 23 or something. I can't remember. And, uh, again, that's just what they had at the time. This is back in 2020, 2021. Yeah. Um, now it's stingers. God, they're, they're knocking, um, crocodiles and hinds and frog feet out of the sky like it's nobody's business so yeah and one last thing uh in a lot of those previous videos i mean i always do try to stay like right down the middle uh people crack on me here on the podcast they call me a communist um i mean russia is like the least communist country in the world right now 
<laughs> they're, they're some of the most, uh, like the worst sides of capitalism that you could possibly imagine. But I get it. It's just a joke. And I, there is a little bit of truth to it. I mean, I've, I've always been very, very soft on the Russians. You cannot study World War II objectively. Not Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg and Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers and all that. <laughs> man. Saccharine, fluffy nonsense. Why, why are you dissing on my Band of Brothers, man? Because it's propaganda and it's nonsense. And you would agree with me because they completely ignore the 82nd. And that yes. whole war was won by the 101st, uh, according to that show. Right? Well, um, the real airborne unit, right? Yeah, that's what my son says. Yeah. <laughs> um, as, yeah, as, as a proud member. <laughs> yeah, anyway. You, know, comes, you make a valid point on that, Jim. Yeah. Well, when it comes to World War II, uh, the Russians put in the blood. The yeah. British put in the time. America picked up a check. I mean, it's. That's literally how it went. Yeah. Um, I won't. I've been through all the numbers before, so I won't go through it again. Um, and as far as their security concerns, um, if NATO joins, um, I'm sorry, if Ukraine ever joined the EU or joined NATO, they would be boned to know. I mean, that's like if the American Southeast joined the Warsaw Pact, fell off the United States and joined the Warsaw Pact, mm-hmm. it would be absolutely insane. Um, how badly did we react when, you know, the Russians started putting missiles in Cuba? Yeah. Um, we about, you know, went to the mat with, you know, thermonuclear weapons uh, over that back in 62. So uh, in previous years, I did my best to kind of call it down the middle. Just like I said, you know what? Back in 82, the Argentinians and the Falkland Islands, hey, guys, if you go back into the weeds on the international trees and how the Spanish Empire fell apart, there's kind of maybe a 10% corner case that you can sort of say, hey, maybe, oh, wait, you invaded. All right, fuck you. (laughs) Sorry for the swear word. But once, you you know, all of that um, uh, understanding, all of that consideration, any chance at moral high ground, any kind of sympathy, empathy, consideration, all of that goes by the boards when the first cruise missile crosses over into Ukraine. So if it sounds like I'm going to be doing now and in you know future podcasts and in future videos, a bit of a 180 on that. Yeah. Again, the situation has changed. If Russia had gone to the UN and said, look guys, this is, this is kind of bullshit. NATO's front line used to go through the middle of Germany. Now it's going through my backyard. Um, despite flagrant disregard. I mean, we talk about how they've violated international law. We signed agreements that we would not push NATO this far east back in the 90s. And we wiped our asses with those documents. What? Uh, It's gone. (laughs) It's gone. The Russians have now invaded. They've they've blown up these cities. They're killing civilians. No. No more. I mean, once once it becomes a shooting war, uh, all that previous, well, on the one hand, you know, devil's advocate nonsense. That's that's all tragically obsolete now. So we have two uh, really good comments in the uh, comments. Uh, first one's from Tuffy Ears. Do you think it's Putin that's solely responsible for the issue or his government? Um, it, it, I don't want to vacillate on this, but it's kind of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to um, say yes. Putin, Putin, Putin is, Putin is um, supported by big factors of his government, but look at how he set up his government. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally in the photographs. He's sitting on one end of a 30-foot table. Uh, there's the famous video where he absolutely eviscerated his own defense minister, mm-hmm. um, like live on camera. Yeah. There's the other video where he's, oh, it's either his defense or his intelligence minister. There's another uh, video where he's, uh, again, this is all live on camera. And it's like, so, all right, 
what do you think is going to happen? No, I'm, I'm asking the guys kind of gives like, well, we're not really sure yet. No, I need an answer from you now. And he like puts him on the spot and he puts him in a corner and he forces him into admitting, he forces his subordinate into admitting what was Putin's sort of pre arrived at, you know, a pre-staged um, a presumption. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, he's taking all the oxygen out of the room. In summary, he's, he's, He's being supported by a government, but his government is installed in place by design and specifically and cherry picked, you know, handpicked to to do exactly that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's 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 kind of both. Yeah. So then, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. No, that's that's pretty much it. There, there, people in his government are supporting him. The uh-huh. military might not be. We got, we got reports that the military had no idea this was going to happen. Yeah. They honestly thought a lot of these, especially the conscripts, the conscripts thought that this was an exercise yeah. until like two days before. Now, whether, because Putin knew this war was not going to be popular, and he knew that the military was going to balk a little bit at it. And as a result, we have this stunning, this is absolutely like, I want to say embarrassing, but it's kind of embarrassing, this embarrassing level of unpreparedness, the Russians in the field operationally. Columns of tanks stalled on the side of the road without gas. Troops looting supermarkets for food um, because they don't even have like MREs and shit. It's, it's amazing how incompetently this, parts of this invasion have been put together. Yeah. Other parts are doing a lot better. The Russians sadly are having much more success in the South. Yeah. Um, but they're, they basically have three fronts. Um, the Southern front coming right out of Crimea is, is doing a lot better. Uh, but in front of Kiev, uh, in front of uh, Cherniev, if I'm even coming close to saying that right, um, Harkov is, of course, getting the absolute hell kicked out of That is just one of those cities, man. Harkov in World War II changed hands four times, was fought over six times in five separate battles uh, mm-hmm. between 41 and 43. And uh, again, they're taking an like, incredible amount, even more than in Kiev, of collateral damage. The Russians are using thermobaric bombs in Harkov. It's it's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. So the other um, comment um, coming up is from Springtime, and he says, how will the poor progress and performance of the Russian military affect Cold War gaming? Well, I'm updating the values on my counters. I can promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, Again, some things we got right, some things we got wrong. If you go back and look at our at our Ukraine videos and our uh, storm in the Baltics, our bear in the Baltics videos, yeah, Russian um, equipment is and troop platoons are actually a little better than their Ukrainian or Lithuanian or Polish counterparts. Um, that's been proven happily obsolete, and it's because of what the Russian army has been doing for the last ten to twelve years. Um, the Russian military, or what we thought they were doing, yeah, what they right. thought they were doing, yeah. And it's been, you know, okay, look, the whole big RKKA from World War II, the, the classic Red Army, which it hasn't been called the Red Army since uh, 1947. News outlets, please stop calling it that. Um, the Soviet Army, and then later on, uh, the Soviet Army more or less, like, was uh, the Soviet military. Not so much the Army, but definitely the Navy and the Air Force. Heavy infrastructure you know, you need a lot of dollars uh-huh. to, to keep those forces up. The army needs a lot of money still, but it's at the, at the end of the day, it's guys sometimes in vehicles. Um, or at least they better be in vehicles. It's a 21st century guys. Come on. Um, these uh, armed forces more or less fell apart in the nineties. 
with no money, troops were getting paid sometimes for years at a time. They just got up and left, and there was no one to stop them because the MPs had already deserted because they were getting paid in months or years. The equipment fell apart. The fleet sank at the at the docks. Um, literally. The Russians were able – yeah, literally. I'm, I wasn't kidding about yeah. that. You, there's video of, like, Slava-class cruisers, like, on their side, like, at, at the pier. The only reason they have anything left is they were able to cannibalize, you know, some things and sort of pull it into existing units and kind of keep it up. So during the Yeltsin era, yeah, the military pretty much, you know, shit the bed because they didn't have any money. You know, money is the uh, boundless money is the raw sinew of war. You know, Cicero knew that in the first century BC. Jim, I got another one for you, my friend. When you're done, I got another one for you. If you ain't got money, that boat don't float. Yeah. It's just your risk aversion. Um, right. that, that tank don't go. Yeah. You need money, cold, hard cash. You ready for this one, Jim? Um, sure, go ahead. Okay. So, Tuffy Ear says, T-72s are easy to steal when stuck in the mud with a tractor. How will you fit that on a token, Jim? We need tractors. Um, there are... <laughs> There are scenarios with uh, with uh, combat engineering vehicles, our armored recovery vehicles, and so on. Yeah, they actually do use that. No, 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 no. Uh, this, you know. this has to be a civilian in a, <laughs> in a case eleven fifty or whatever model tractor. John Deere. Is. <laughs> the closest I've come to that are, I mean, I, I get it's kind of a jokey question, but we've had something semi close to that. Those D nine dozers that the uh, Americans yep. used at Omaha Beach are technically civilian vehicles. Yeah, I think they were appropriated for. Yeah, so I have had them, and they still we use do have them. them. That's still and inventory. um. Yeah, so we have had those uh, on the Panzer Leader table before. And um, on a somewhat more serious note, a lot of these separatists and uh, old school Ukrainian um, uh, militia forces uh, in the earlier stages of this conflict, um, a lot of pickup trucks, a lot of vans. And we actually do, like, we call it like civilian vehicle. And we give it like the, the transport and armor vehicles, armor in air quotes. Um, of a, a regular, you know, Russian truck, maybe a slightly reduced carrying capacity because it's mm-hmm. not as big as like a, you know, a two and a half times a deuce and a half or the Russian version of that. Those big, um, you know, gas trucks they drive around them. Right. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, the Russian military was, I don't want to say burned to the ground, but it kind of rotted away to the ground. And then, uh, you know, Putin takes over in 99, and then he's just trying to stabilize the economy for the first five years of the 2000s. And then by 2010 or so, they're trying to build it back into something a little more like our military. Nowhere near the size that it used to be uh-huh. back in the Gorbachev days and, and pre, you know, leading previously. They never completely walked away from conscription, but conscription is supposedly only one third of the Russian army now. Everything else is what they call a contract, which is basically what we call a volunteer. And we sign a contract when we, you know, when we join the military. Yeah. Um, uh, it's you know, a little more like us. A lot of the work, you know, maybe not so many tanks, um, sticking more with, uh, you know, more, uh, uh, more wheeled, uh, transport vehicles, like these upgraded BTRs that we see. And, uh, you know, these motorized rifle, uh, brigades, there's a battalion of tanks bolted into that. These guards, air assault brigades that everyone's been watching. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be this leaner, meaner, you know, more agile, you know, 21st century fighting force, a little bit more like you see in Western armies. Yeah. And, um, then we see this thing kick off. And so a lot of our predictions were kind of based on that where it's like, okay, basically put red stars on all the vehicles and where it's sort of, I mean, they don't really have red stars on them, but you know what I mean? Yeah, basically right. make a Russian, a, a Russian Kmart version of our military. 
and it performs on the tabletop pretty well. Um, modern Panzer Leader and, you know, other systems and stuff like that. Then we see the actual, you know, test here where the rubber meets the road. Okay, it's live now. It's it's no longer an exercise. It's no longer theoretical. And it's like a time warp, man. We're, we're back in the 1980s watching them fall apart in Afghanistan. We're back in... Uh, we're back in the end of World War II, where yeah, they have a lot of firepower, but it's it's slow, it's cumbersome. The units can't talk to each other. It's and the other big wild card, the other the last point, the last big wild card, and this will just scare the shit out of me when this this first kind of kicked off. And um, so far, it's turned out pretty well. And this speaks to the point you guys were making earlier: um, is this huge upswell of Ukrainian popular resistance? Um, that's always good to see. A lot of times in the history, if you go back and you look at previous conflicts, it leads to absolute disaster. Because a lot of times, you, know, you put 10,000 people in the field with assault rifles. Those are very, very powerful weapons. And we saw the videos in Kiev. Here's like a 16-year-old girl. She just picked up an AK-74 for the first time. She looks into the camera and says, and I quote, I'm going home now to YouTube how to use this. Yep. Because she doesn't know which end is which. Yep. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a shitstorm. Those militias eat each other alive, eat themselves alive, because, I mean, there's nothing worse in the battlefield than a whole bunch of untrained people with very high-powered weapons. So far, though, I don't know if they're, like, embedding, like, what veterans they have. Like, okay, this squad gets, okay, you were in the Ukrainian army back in the, uh, you know, uh, early aughts or whatever. You you fought in the Donbass in 2014. Oh, look, we have a, a a German volunteer or a Polish volunteer or a Lithuanian volunteer. You were in the military back in the 90s. Okay, cool. You got this squad. Okay, so at least they have some kind of leadership at a, at a cadre level. Uh, but so far, we haven't seen any of these huge, at least not I've seen, maybe yeah. I could be wrong, these huge friendly fire incidents, uh, you know, uh, shooting at yeah. civilians when they meant to be shooting at Russians, negligent discharges. Yeah, it doesn't seem not like, like there's been a bunch of uh, fratricide or anything, which, you know, that's... For for untrained troops, that's you know, <laughs> one uh, you know the the ND where you accidentally shot your buddy because you didn't understand how your weapon system worked uh, is, is always a thing, but you know uh, I being able to identify friend or foe, you know especially right. if it's not a uh, a, a uniformed uh, foe, you know that that's always a challenge, and you know for yeah, somebody and, that's and not some used Russians, to doing it, yeah, and some Russians northwest of Kiev are not wearing uniforms, right. I've got that from the field. Um, they're also saying it in the news, but I, yeah, that's that's also, I'm getting that from people in Kiev, where it's like one uh, Ukrainian National Guard regiment, I think it was like one, one unit 1031, I don't know how their units are measured really or numbered, uh, and one of the airfields northwest of Kiev was captured more or less en masse. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that, if that was like a company or a battalion or any kind of strength. It's the Ukrainian National Guard. So there have been Ukrainian prisoners taken. And um, all those uniforms uh, wound up in Russian hands. And there's supposedly some guys northwest of Kiev wearing those uniforms. And a lot of them are just wearing, you know, civilian clothes. Because half of the people who are defending Kiev were wearing civilian clothes. Because they're so civilians. So you almost don't need any uniforms. Yeah. Uh, so it's... Um, so they were just wearing <coughs> clothes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, uh, final comment on this, uh, Tuffy Years Post. Can you imagine Russia having to live down? They got their ass kicked by a model, a boxer, a ballet dancer, and a comedian. Um, I hope that's the case at some point. Um, you know, it's still early. You know, we're only in the second week of this now. So, we'll see. Positive thoughts. 
All right, so we're going to transition into Marty. If you look to your left, there's a box that says uh, Day of Days. Can you grab that for me? So we're going to do a, a little segment on recommendations of games that you can play. Uh, this is, if you can see this, I'll bring it over to the camera so you can see. This is Sergeant's the Miniatures game, Days of Days. Now, Chris, I picked this particularly for you, my friend. It's painted? It's yes. pre-painted. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, in this box, you get... Do you remember the uh, comic PMs we used to get in the army? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. That looks like the PM magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, when I saw this, this is what it... it Except PM magazine was a little, yeah. little half-size guy. Right. So in these, and I'll bring out a couple, you get pre-paints. Nice. Those are teeny. Yeah. yeah. So these are uh, 20 mil. I want to say these are 20 mil. Um I think they're 20 mil or 15. 15, I'm going to guess. But they come pre-painted. I don't know if the camera will pick that up. And they you put these dog tags to identify them. So you, Chris, as a hobbyist, the, the, the only thing you have to do literally is take the little gummy sticker and put it on the bottom of the miniature and attach it to the dog tag base. I could do that. Never get done. <laughs> <laughs> But and and actually, they are painted really nice. Here, I'll sh here, that's an American paratrooper. Oh, party, party fall! <laughs> <laughs> and that's a German guy. So oh, for teeny little dudes, those are painted really yeah. well. Yeah, and then these are a the, lot better than I could do. These are the cards. Seriously, what does that art not remind you? It's, it does. It, it does. totally it looks absolutely. like PM magazine. Actually, I might have one, so I have to bring that in. So, um, and top of that, you know, you get. It's based on a uh, zone board. So you put these boards together. Again, all done. And it's so, I don't want to say simple, guys, uh, but to everybody out there, if you've never seen this game, the little co color codes tell you all your modifiers for each area right on the board. Oh, so like if there's a, uh, a so, movement yep. uh, uh, penalty because you're going through up a certain kind of terrain, it yep. says minus two movement. So you get a minus one for movement. There's a minus two modifier because you're hiding in the corn rows or whatever. So it's all in there. And you can actually get 3D terrain. I think this, oh no, that's the edge. But there's actually like, and it's literally already pre-printed. You just puzzle piece it together. So... Uh -huh. um, this is made by uh, Lost Battalion Games. Um, hey, there's my laser pointer. I'm looking for hey. that. Whoa, uh, my eyes! I see I don't see anything. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize it was armed. Hey, that's payback for the paintball in the back there, my friend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, anyway... Um, guys, it's a really good game. There's scenarios. Um, you can get expansions. It shows you how to load it all up. You know, this is, of course, the road to Caratan, the causeway. You know, those 101st guys again. So, um, well, well, they won World War II, so. Yeah, yeah. right. So, guys, <laughs> if you are looking for an easy entry game where you don't have to paint miniatures. Maybe a good gateway game. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, not, not crunchy. Lost Battalion Games. Um, I think I did a video for this on Beasts of War at one point. I don't remember. Oh, yes, I did. I, mean, I don't know if it got aired, though. 
It's the one where I go knocking. Uh, Dawn's sitting at the dining room table, and I go up to Dawn and go, hey, Dawn, you want to play a game? And she goes, yeah, sure. And I hold up squad leader. And she goes, oh, yeah, uh, I'm busy. I got to oh. do the laundry. So then I go to Ben's room. and you know, I've, got I, a, I've got a tax audit and a root canal. <laughs> and, uh, I have to go spend the weekend with the in-laws. And uh, I got to scrub the toilet and the uh, oven. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I've got I'm, a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah I'm going to let my in-laws do the root canal on me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'll do my so there was this whole video intro. Like, I go to Ben's room. I knock on his door. And, you know, the camera shows him opening the door and then it shows me and I go, Hey Ben, you want to play a game? And he goes, yeah, what are we playing? And I hold up squad leader and you just seem slowly closing the door. <laughs> so anyway, um, days of days. Did those it, guys even know what, uh, what squad leader was? Advanced squad leader was? Don and ben, at the no, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just yeah, for the comedy the effect, but you know, right. um, so, you know, uh, Days of Days, it's a good game. Didn't you play? Did you play with me, Chris, or did you play with me, Marty? Days of Days, I've this, not. This one. Yeah, I've not. We've played this, haven't we? No. Uh, somebody has. I, I, anyway, but um, it's a good game. Uh, the entry point's a little on the higher side, but it's pre-painted. You know, everything's high quality, high color. All right. Get bottom line up front, what's the damage on it uh, these uh, days? Let me pull them up here real quick. Right, you, you, you walked down this path. Now I'm interested. I mean, it it all looks like great stuff, the, and those you know, the, those little miniatures are well done. You know, I like those. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, they got a D Day seventy fifth commemorative edition. Ah, uh, here we go. Anyway, uh, products, Ar sergeants, uh, sergeants, sergeant. Oh, they got red devils for the British. All right. Um. But no 82nd. I think they do at some point. <laughs> Shut up, man. Why could it be like that? Have uh, you met you? Yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to find the actual here it is. Let me see if this brings it up. Uh the Red Devil starter set is $69. I'm trying to find the day oh, of days set. Let's say that's not not horrible. No. No. Uh, 75th edition day of days is 119, but that's the 75th edition. The day of day starter set $70. Like this is $70 to get started. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, you pre-painted. Yeah. Can you put those miniatures it, back in there? And, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, a box game yeah. that, that has everything. And again, these dudes are, are pre-painted. So those of us that are into miniatures, uh, either can appreciate that or hate it because we didn't get to do it ourselves, depending on where you fall. But, right. Uh, if you get anal, you can always repaint them. And yeah. the expansions are fifty dollars a piece. But particularly for uh, like a gateway game, yeah, seems like that would be a pretty good way to go to be able to get somebody uh, rolling. Yeah. So you know, it's a good game. Uh, you know, and all that. So Tuffy Ears says Jim was just trying to lighten a difficult situation. Some comments. No, Tuffy Ears, we really appreciate your comments. I mean, to be honest with you. Anybody who's ever been in the military public service, you alleviate stress by humor, right? Usually it, dark. Yeah, yeah, morbid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're you're golden here. So um, anyways. Yeah. I mean, what, what are we are, we are we even talking about? Like the T-72 stuck in yeah, the mud? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm just 
I mean, like I said, I know it's a joke, but at the same time, yeah, there are sometimes civilian vehicles on the table. Yeah. And uh, not only in miniature games, but also even, you know, bigger hex encounter games. It definitely does uh, definitely does happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I can, uh, I think the uh, statute of limitations has expired. So when I was in Iraq in 2003, we might have... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Liberated a uh, a a twenty yard uh, dump truck because we needed to be able to haul our own stuff around. And we didn't have enough, so the the uh, Iraqis had taken the batteries out of it. Well, we just put two new batteries in it, and it fired right up. It was half full of fuel. There you go. <laughs> painted painted that big upside down V in there. Put a VS17 on top of it so we didn't get smoke checked by our own and. We were in go. the middle of our own convoy. We didn't, you know, didn't roll solo with that thing. But uh, yeah, we we hauled stuff all over southern Iraq with it. Yep. So all right. So here is the challenge for the next show, Marty. Sir, you need to bring a recommended game. Bring a game. So like I just did the uh, Sergeant's Miniatures game, Days of Days. Gotcha. You are to recommend the next one. Okay. Now, what are the criteria? There really isn't any criteria. Just a game that you think people would be interested in playing. Just pick one. <laughs> you well, can't I, pick my library. Oh, yes, we can. <laughs> because the hard part would be trying to find something not in your library. <laughs> I got some stuff, though. I got some ideas. What I'd really like to do at some point, Marty, is we really need to get Battle Space under camera. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. let's let's do a game of Battle Space, right? Sure. You talk about it all the time. I mean, we did uh, we did, did one, one. Uh, what, a year yeah. ago? Yeah. A year and a half ago? But I think it's time to bring it back on the table, right? Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe we should maybe we should play co-op with uh with uh Robert. Oh, yeah, we can do a yeah, get him on. Ooh. So the Tuffy Years just says, and I'll post it on the show. Tuffy Years says Tank Museum Monopoly, anyone? <laughs> Tank Museum Yeah, Monopoly. you know, Monopoly has a version. If you look up there, there's like 20 versions of Monopoly. They have a, a version of Monopoly for everything, you know? Like, uh, I have Idiopoly up there. Yeah. Not idiot, but it, Italy. If only we had a tank museum close near by. us. Oh, I bet Contigny has it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to say twice. We, 20 versions of, of Monopoly. I've seen 20 versions of Star Wars Monopoly. There's right. <laughs> I just yeah, had a brilliant idea. Versions. Oh, no. I am going to reach out to uh, to the museum and see if they'll let us do a podcast from the museum. Yeah, well, that would probably, you know, uh, have a little bit of a big red one focus because, yep. you know, it is the first uh, infantry the, division museum. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, well, so we'd have to tie a game into that. I was going to say, yeah. I might have someone for you to talk to because I am. Well, a I have somebody to talk to, too. My dad. He was in the big red one. No, we well, got so it. was I. I I'm in the uh, big red one society and I get the uh, newsletter and everything. I was gonna, it's going to say, I, yeah, that's one yeah. of the combat matches I have as well. Hold on. Yeah. And right now you are looking we, at the reigning. Uh, Assistance. It's true. We, we are the reigning uh, catapult champions. Well, technically, yeah, trebuchet. Uh, uh, champions of the Cantigny uh, yeah. catapult contest, uh, which has not been held since 2018. Mood point, point. We are the running champions. So, uh, reigning. Reigning champions we, of the trebuchet competition at, at Cantigny 
Museum. Our, three, our, three years running. Our, our, <laughs> our, yeah, our, Undefeated. That, that's right. <laughs> They, they, they won't, they won't even, even challenge. contest it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our go, you know, so we threw a baseball with a, with a little six foot trebuchet, 387 feet. Yeah. So our, you know, looking at how big that big parade field is in yeah. front of them, our goal was to see if uh, the next time they run this, if we can upgrade the trebuchet to be able to hit the guardhouse. Nice. We, we need be. to go about another 200 so, feet. All right. For Which people, for perspective they... of scale, you did 380-something feet. Yeah. I was part of the team, but I was their morally support. I unfortunately could not make it. Um, your closest competitor, how far did they throw it? 147? Yeah. Yeah, 140-something yeah, feet. Yeah. Oh, we, that, and the the guy that uh, so there's a guy that runs around out there and like literally sticks a flag. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're like, keep going back, <laughs> keep going back. He put on a flag jacket and a helmet <laughs> after our first because he saw how fast uh, we could throw the baseball. Because his concern wasn't that it would go far. His concern was that it'd be a a, a line drive and it would hit him. Nice. <laughs> what, what was also funny? We had a bunch of people who kept wanting to stand behind and we're like, oh no. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They literally they got on the PA and they're like, sometimes these systems have malfunctions and they go straight back. So we're going to have to ask everyone to please move away. If you are not a member of the team, please move off to the sides. Yeah, and they didn't believe us until the first time that thing went off, and they're like, okay, yeah, they're little party in the seas. So all right, so it's like when the driver's ed teacher sits down like next to you to take the test or whatever, or the driver's ed yeah. class, and. Buckles up the seatbelt. Buckles up the other seatbelt. Checks the uh, puts on a crash helmet. Yeah. Checks the airbag. Yeah. Okay. Go slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's pretty much how it was. Because that first one we threw it three hundred and forty something feet. I think. Yeah. You know, because we had we had three throws, and they're like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. oh. We're like, yeah, that's a home run, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who we kept saying back up, back up. You just see after that first fire, he's like, up. Oh, yeah. Way over. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, awesome. go move your cars we, out of the parking lot because they're putting them. They're going over the wall into the parking lot. We don't want to put this through somebody's windshield. Now, I think maybe the reason they haven't had the competition is because you told them you wanted to hit the car check. Oh yeah, I told them that's what I was going to do next year. So I said next year you need to put a uh, uh, a helmet and a catcher's glove on the guard in the guard check because we're going to throw it to them. Yeah, they might have believed me. <laughs> I dude, we could we could bring it out of that thing. I'm telling you, we could. It's in there. Now they put a constraint on the the actual size of it, so you uh you know I can't build like a you know this you know some 15 or 20 foot monstrosity and like you know launch launch a bowling ball with it kind of right. thing. Oh wait a minute. Well, yeah, if we made it, Marty's going. <laughs> if we made it 15 feet big, we probably we could throw a bowling ball. That All far. right, so getting back to the subject at hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Game bowling ball. Game. Okay. So you need to think about a game for the next show, Jim. You will be after Marty, and then Chris, you'll be after Jim. So I mean, weeks. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm serious. I will try oh. and reach out to um. Contini for the museum and see if we can do a broadcast from here. That'd be kind of cool, right? From the tanks or something right there. Uh, if you've never heard of Cantini Museum, it's the uh, Colonel McCormick's estate outside of Chicago that also houses the 1st Infantry Division Museum. And they have all kinds of tanks from an M1 back to a French Renault something yep. or other. 
and uh, they have a really nice interactive museum inside. You can do the World War yep. One trench, uh, the D Day landings. That's going to be an FT-17, by the way. What's that? That's going to be an FT-17, by the way. Oh, is that the French tank? The, Almost yeah. certain, like the first tank the U.S. First Infantry Division was using yeah. back in Argonne Forest and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then the nice thing is, you know, they've got a little, literally, it's a tank park out there. Yeah. You you know, it's got a little plaque on there. Tells and you they got my favorite it. tank. And you can, uh, you know, get up there, crawl around on them. You can't get inside them. No, not anymore. You used yeah. to be able to in some of them, but now they've closed out. Like the M113, you could. Yeah, they're all locked up. They're all locked up now. But my favorite tank's sitting out there. Sheridan. M551. Shush. It's an awesome little thing. They dropped them out of airplanes. It was awesome. One of the worst, one of the worst things we've ever had. And we made the Sherman. We made the Sherman, man. Once again, he's got this airborne thing going on. Well, they dropped them out of airplanes. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you drop a tank out of an aircraft, it will usually fall to the ground. That part kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. Jim. Gra- gravi- gravity is, uh, you know, you know, great yeah. assist in that one. Yeah. So gives you a plus eight on your D six roll. You'll usually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'll hit anything other than the ground, but I promise you'll hit that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see about that. And I don't know if they'll they'll let us, but we'll give it a shot. I'll reach out to whoever their people are and see if they'll be willing to. Uh, Tough ears. I got your message about uh, a link in Discord. As soon as I can log into Discord, I will, and I'll check that out. Thank you for that. Uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, thanks everybody for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, hopefully we didn't get too serious. Hopefully next time we can really dive into some gaming and get away from the uh, ugliness of real life. Right. Um, like I said, check out Sergeant's mentors game. Uh, if you're looking for a pre-painted pre don't have to do anything. It's all in a box for you, Chris, um, game. It's a, it is a good game, and I I agree with you, Marty. I think it uh, would be an excellent entry. Yeah, good gateway yeah, game gateway to kind of suck people yeah. into the hobby a little it, bit. The rules are not that difficult to understand, and um, I think it'd be pretty good. So, Jim, thank you very much, as always, sir. Um, so Absolutely. Uh, tomorrow, look for the final part of the Rourke's Drift Battle um, from last month. Oh, actually, now it's two months, isn't it? God, February yeah. just flew by. Um, and, uh, we'll see how the British fared and then, um, we will be getting ready for midway here in June. So, right. um, we actually have an advanced timeline cause we have to actually play it in May. So we have it recorded and edited for airing in June. So. We're almost out of time. All the research is done. No, oh, sure. Yeah, Overachiever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Here we go again. Hey. No, the research has to be done first so you guys know what to print. That's right. So, yeah. so we do have a, our list now. Thank you, Jim, for identifying the ships. And now it's time to start printing. And then we'll get going. Cutting. All right. And still looking for... Uh, Cutting a uh, bunch of acrylic, yeah. Yeah, well, that... And uh, we're also still looking for... Uh, Feedback on rules, if anybody has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's going to be our next. We might have to do a, a, a rules design session. So, you know, that could be like a Wednesday night live stream or something where we just sit down and go through rules and have people. Brainstorm it a little bit. Yeah, do a brainstorm and people can put their two cents in and, you know, see if we can come up with our plan. Right. All right, guys. So thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Sit Rep Podcast. And. For Chris, Marty, and Jim, this is Bill, and we will see you later. Take care. You have been listening to the Citrep Podcast. 
We hope you have enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch and Discord. Remember to join us every other weekend for a new episode of the podcast. And don't forget our other programming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Thanks for listening. 